Oh yeah. Oh yes. I. You know what? Actually, I'm gonna do an early drink reveal. It's a celebration. Yeah, we should. Let's start. Celebration. It. It, it, it is. <laughs> this end. is this is my favorite IP like holiday IPA. Well, here I'm gonna save this for the pod. Do you want to well, start? This is the pod. We're to. just starting. We're just starting now. All right, here we go. We yep. already started. Ah, okay. First and foremost, Adam and Paige, welcome in. No puns allowed. Routine change. Now I do have a lock. I have one pick and pint slash lock, but first and foremost, celebration. Celebration, celebration IPA, my favorite seasonal beer. You've got wine. Like people already know that we're recording at this like at an off time where we normally record. But this is a delicious IPA. Paige, cheers. We made it. End of the regular season. End, End of the regular season. I'm gonna Whatever show you the, the bottle. Heart. I've got the bottle here. This is a local winery. This is Wenty. Um, this is a GSM. And I, I as I picked my wine out today, I was like, I probably should have got one that I like understood the like percentage of things that are in it so i'm not even going to try no. to say what this is a mix of but it's it's excellent and shout out wenty because they literally sponsor my it life. also um, looks a little a little empty just saying it looking a little <laughs> seeing like, as we were supposed to record an hour ago to be fair to be bad. fair that's my i literally bad. was yes. like it, adam's running his head behind i was like oh oh we're like 10 minutes away i'll start i'll pour my glass of wine i'll start drinking and then Adam's like, hey, by the way, we got to delay it a little bit. And I was like, uh-oh, just heads up. We started, um, we can't stop, you know? There have there have been cocktails. I can say this. Normally, when we record a pod, the cocktails start. You drink water or something very responsible. Um, <laughs> but tonight, it, this is a celebration. This is, is kind of the, the, couch, the couch version. We're going to break down bowls. We're going to get into the playoff, which we're going to do like today. But bowls... I love the bowl season. There can never, I want to start off with a little mini rant. I want to break. Yes. I am so tired of people complaining about the bowl season. Just being like, there's too many. Yes. Then don't watch. Those people are the worst. Shit. That someone says that cut them out of your life. Yeah. You've got a lot of shit to do right now, friend. You can shop, you can drink, you can watch other shit. Like you do not need this in your life. I, you, I love this. It's a wonderful way to gamble. It's a wonderful way to enjoy the sport. You got people that are like closing out their careers. You got interim coaches. You got players opting out. I actually love the chaos of bowl season. So I, yes. for one, and embracing this. If you don't like bowl season, go watch the NBA. Go watch whatever you want to watch, but don't complain about it. All right, I'm sorry. Yeah, don't it's say that very there's positive. too many. There's 44 no. bowls. And if you have a problem with that, you can just get out. <laughs> All right. Now, with that, that out of the way. your team, Alabama is the number one team in college football. Um, first and foremost, I, I'm jumping ahead a little bit. Congratulations. You were Thank right. You. I was wrong. Kind of. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. TB, TBD. TBD. Uh, but I, I was genuinely floored by that performance on a variety of fronts. They're the number mm-hmm. one team, but let's talk about it. What like what stands out most now? I, we have to talk about the Georgia game, right? Because that like I yes. I know it's been a, a couple of days. I cannot get that out of my head. How dominant that was, and how different that was from what I thought it was going to be. So I have like a mini rant of my own. Yes. After our podcast came out last week, someone, multiple people actually, DM'd me being like, "You're such a homer. I can't believe you picked Alabama." Blah blah. 
piss off. Here's the thing. I, I, the main point that I made when we were discussing this was that, again, the person that is coaching Alabama is Nick Saban versus Kirby yes. Smart. And if I had to pick any day of the week, doesn't matter, superior athleticism, whatever, I'm taking Nick all day. So that is sort of, and that, that was one, like, let's just give a shout out to Alabama's offensive line, because that is really the main difference that Nuts. we were not expecting that to happen. Watching the Auburn game to there, and even, I mean, even in the postgame interview, like, they specifically asked Coach Saban about that, because it's like, that was the big concern. And like I said, Alabama has never had to chase. They've never been behind. They've never had to get aggressive Georgia. on offense. And sh- Georgia yes, has yes, never yes. had to Georgia, chase. Georgia, yeah, sorry. Got, Georgia, yes. I want to make Georgia. sure, because a couple of weeks ago, you, you like, yes. Called Alabama. Slip of the tongue. Got called out. Yeah, I got to help you out. I got to be a better team. <laughs> yes. Right, I so was talking about going. Alabama and I meant Clemson. It happens. I, but no, yes. so Georgia has not had to chase from behind. They haven't had to be aggressive in terms of play calling on offense. And when they were forced to, it didn't go well. And that was my point was like, we haven't seen that. And hey, maybe they adjust and maybe they figure it out if they have to play each other again. But that performance was one fantastic on the side of. Alabama and those players because they heard all of the talk all week long after playing Auburn in a close game. And like Nick said, the rat poison was pretty yummy yummy. and, and they ate it up and they, they shut people up and now we're back to, it's like all, all order has been restored in the world. Like we had like Brian Kelly leave and we had Lincoln Riley leave and do all of this chaos. And there was like the crazy time. And then it was like, Alabama is the number one team in the country. Things, everything is right in the world again. We're back to being in the the normal space of college football. Okay, my biggest takeaway from this is, wow. All right, I, I I'll talk about Georgia in a little bit, but yes. But first off, Bryce Young was superb. Like, holy Phenomenal. shit, good. Like the way he used his legs, the way he extended plays. They got after him. He escaped, and then. You had you, Alabama's speed. They looked a lot faster than Georgia still. And I did not think that was going to be the case. Nick Saban is a goddamn magician. Like, you know, Dabo is on the verge of losing both coordinators. Yes. At, at the time we record this and his AD. And who knows when you're listening to this, maybe they're gone, maybe they're not. That's been Nick Saban's routine for like a decade. Every year. Certainly in the last five years. Lane Kiffin and Sark and all these people through and to, to see him still do this and then smile at the end and talk about rat poison um, was, I mean, it's, it is incredible. I don't want us. I picked Georgia. I bet Georgia. I'm still in betting Georgia in the futures. We have to not take Nick Saban for granted. As weird as that no. sounds like this greatness is so crazy when you look at what everybody's trying to do to win, pay Jimbo $155 billion, whatever LSU wanted to offer him. Like, you see this arms race that's happening in college football? I point it right back to Nick Saban. That he has made winning at this level normal, which is it, it is not, and it won't be. And you're going to have a lot of shit contracts. Like, I take what happened on Saturday, and I go full big picture because that's where I end up. But at the end, in the end, He's recruited great players. They develop better than anybody. Bryce Young, who we've talked about and we've written about and we we know was going to be awesome, is awesome. And now they're in a position to beat the hell out of Cincinnati. Maybe we'll talk about it and move forward. And so it's like, you're right. We are back where we started. 
opening week where we said, oh, my God, Alabama's good again. They regressed, and then they show up. And then, Paige, the other takeaway is this, and we'll talk about it, but Kirby Smart. The reputation is he can recruit, he can develop, but then the game happens and shit hits the fan. I don't Mm -hmm. know how you can't – that reputation is alive and well as someone that bet Georgia. That was a disaster. A disaster. I, I do have to wonder, like, how long that actually lasts. Because, too, like, say say they come up short this year. Kirby yeah. has – they've given him the time to do what he needs to do to win. And he has not proven to do that. And the nature of this game and what's been happening in terms of coaching, it just seems like at some point something has to give. Like, not to say that this – by any other standard. And Nick Saban had this rant – by any sure. other standard, this is a success. Like, Georgia is a success. But until Nick Saban is out of the picture, like, I don't even care that Jimbo beat him this year. Like, until he is out of the picture, it's not, like, you have to sort of bring it back a little bit and be like, okay, I don't know that they beat him. I don't know that they beat Alabama in that, in the well, rest they, of his career. I mean, you know, I, I think Georgia has a really tough game. And then if they play Alabama, yes. like, you look at lines, they're going to be favored again, potentially. It'll probably be a coin flip game. Georgia minus one is what I saw all week. Well, what's going to happen is people are going to think the same thing that they thought with the Oregon-Utah game. Okay, it was a fluke. Okay, they had the best game. They performed. And it wasn't, don't get me wrong, it wasn't just Georgia's offense that caused this issue, and that's why they lost. So there are a lot of things that, like, did have to go wrong on Georgia's end, and it did for Alabama to win that game. But I do think, like, going into it, people are going to be like, oh, no, 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 Georgia's going to be fine. Now we've had it figured out, and I just I, – I don't – I mean, I'm certainly not going to be on that train because, like I said, my number one rule in all of betting is do not bet against Nick Saban in Alabama and Tom Brady, of course. But well, it's just yes. – it's I, I don't know. But like you said, they have a tough game. They have a great matchup. Let's let's move to the, the – well, first, let me just say, I would like to be as calm as Bryce Young is at any point in life. I just need to throw it's that ridiculous. out there. Literally, like, and I used to, like, say this about Trevor Lawrence because watching him play, like, he just never got rattled. But there were certain moments where he didn't, like, really take it to the next level, especially against, like, LSU and things like that. I, Bryce Young took it to the next level, and I very much appreciated that performance. And it was like, he, you know, he he, he, is, he he gave credit where credit was due up front. It was awesome. He is so calm in the pocket. It's weird. It's eerie. I made this comparison, I think, in a story that, like, I'm going to sound like an old, um, which I am. Andrew Andrew <laughs> Jones when he used when he used to run down center field like just pop ups would like it looked like he was just gliding, and like yeah. Bryce Young just glides around the pocket. And when it's Jordan Davis, it's all these dudes, Kobe Dean, whomever. It's it's like it's like you're swimming with sharks and you're just kind of like just like dancing with them. Like it, it's yeah. really odd. And he makes it look, and you're watching it. And you're like, oh my god, throw the ball. And he does. One one last thing about Bama. The Mechie loss, so big. Massive. Like, I, it, like, when he was out, and I think Alabama was sitting on the ball. Like, you can't really – I don't want to, like, overanalyze this. Like, when he was out, the offense was stagnant. It was. But the offense was also stagnant because the offense was, like – I mean, they, they scored more on Georgia in, like, like 12 minutes than Georgia allowed in any month a this month. year. I think that's a real a real thing. So I don't want to I don't want to overanalyze that, but that's a position for them that's really young and really inexperienced. And I mean, holy shit, that's a big loss. But let's go playoff top four. I didn't have any beef. 
we were on we were a half yard or less than that from having major beef, right? Can we talk about that game? The Big Twelve Championship yes. game? Oh I have never yelled like I've yelled at a lot of games that I have no like rooting interest in. I was shouting at the top of my lungs that like my dog literally left the room because he was like, What is going on? I was like, Wait, do they have timeouts? Wait, we're calling timeout. Wait, no, there's no timeout. Okay, no one's lined up. Wait, okay. Like it was just like this like process of just like shouting and I was like, Oh no. But also I was rooting for Baylor because I bet Baylor, but still, I was like, This this isn't real. This is not real life. That was a complete chaos that we I don't know that we expected that game to be as excited as exciting as it was, because it was a very strange ending. That would have given the committee the hardest decision it has ever had to make. Yes. It would have, and I don't with know Oklahoma where they State. would have gone. Yes, with Oklahoma State and Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. What would they have picked? I think they would have picked Oklahoma. I, I think Oklahoma, like Oklahoma State is in. I, don't, I, I think there's no doubt Oklahoma State is in. That said, Baylor wins its conference. And they like didn't move up much at all, so maybe I'm wrong. No. I'm, I'll, I'm gonna. Contradict they don't respect the Big here. Twelve. They don't. If you have the number twelve, so in Cincinnati's your conference in. Name, oh, in my opinion, Just, they would have. They, I think they would have done Cincinnati. Which I actually saw something very interesting. So I had no beef with this. This top four. This is the top four that I thought. I thought the positioning too. of those teams were perfect. Um, but I saw that in the entire existence of the college football playoff that they have picked the top four teams that would have come out if it was the BCS. So, like, the BCS computer system, like that in the math of all of it, every year it is exactly that. So I think – and what's funny is we always say, like, get rid of the people we want the computers. They make the same decisions because I think they're still consulting that. But I think we have to listen to the – the conversations Stupidity. of like the Gary Barta saying like, oh, Notre Dame not having a coach would factor in them to making the playoff or things like that. And it just gets us so worked up. But really, like this is the same decision that the computers would have made, which like makes me even more annoyed because I'm like, OK, well, now you're just working me up by having him come on TV every week and say dumb things that make me annoyed. And it's Idiot. like. But, I mean, they got it right, in my opinion. And, and it was an easy choice. I don't think it was a hard choice. I don't think they were challenged this year sort of like we expected. And we kind of thought that that probably was going to happen. I, I hate that we are seven years in and we've had very few, like maybe one difficult-ish decision. Like, it's kind of amazing. Seven years. It, the sample size is not small. Yeah. And I, I'm mad because I'd like to see them squirm. I want outrage. When this thing was being discussed, it was like, awesome. Let's get weird. And like, honestly, Paige, when we started this thing off, it was like, oh my God, this is going to be weird. We do it every year. I so I am so guilty of this where it's like, this <laughs> is the year because I want to, I like want to bridge chaos into my life. No, not going to no. happen. It Well, and the other part is, is maybe when we expand it to eight or 12, that we do get the chaos because you are going to have people that are on the fringe of those things. Yes. Um, I, and you're you're not including I mean, if you have automatic bids, it kinda takes that away a little bit because that's just it's automatic, so it's not a big deal. But I do think some of the discussion will be a little bit more difficult if we expand. So I would say I'm in favor of expanding on that front so right, that we, we can have we some are, form of con- conversation. We are gonna break these d- games down in excess over the next couple of weeks. Yes. Where are your early leans? in these games. I'll give you mine. It doesn't mean we're going to stick with them. I don't want to like hold your feet to the fire. 
I, I can even go first. Spread wise, I think I think Alabama is going to beat Cincinnati. I think Alabama may really yeah. beat Cincinnati. I'm te- I'm te- Alabama minus thirteen and a half is looking good. I'm assuming that's what it is. I am really struggling with Georgia, Michigan. I like Michigan with that number. I do. I think it start. It well, opened at like seven and a half, right? Yes, and I know like Circa opened it at nine. I. I like. I think Michigan's. I think Georgia's going to win. I think Michigan's going to make that game really, really tough. I, I cannot wait for that game. That game is going to be excellent. I tweeted the day that all this was announced and the line came out that it was even seven, and I was like, "Give me Michigan. I'm going to bet all my money on Jim Harbaugh," which I never thought I would do. But here we are because I honestly believe it's going to be a gritty game. I don't yes. think there's going to be a lot of points scored. I've said it this week on a couple of radio interviews. This is like the best car crash you've ever seen. I, I love it. I, but, but like, and the other thing on this and, and then we can move on. I don't want to tip our hand, but like momentum as a gambler, momentum is a weird thing to try to capture. How real is it? How real is it after a, a month though? Right. But right now Michigan is riding this glorious wave and Georgia is wondering, are we playing the wrong goddamn quarterback? Which they are by the way. Um, Stetson Bennett looked like how I would have looked like against Alabama. Not a good thing. Looked like he wanted to be elsewhere. Just saying. I'm going to go on a rant <laughs> on that next time. All right. Let's talk coaching. It does not stop, although it may stop now. We've got, well, no, we have an Oregon no, job. We still have to hire an Oregon yeah, I know. coach. <laughs> um, situation. Mario Cristobal. I think it's a really good hire. But the process was a disaster. Now you have to, like, your job is to craft and position content to cover these things, right? So, how yes. in your job are you covering what the hell happened with Miami? I was so uncomfortable. Because I thought that, like, I was missing something. I was like, okay, did they fire Manny? Like, did they did they fire him and I just missed it? And it was like, I'm getting alerts of, like, they're, like, going after Mario Cristobal and they're working into a deal. This is what they're offering him. He has no money to decide, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, he they still have a coach. Like, they still have a head coach. And this is, like, fully being reported by, like, the best in the business reporting these things this isn't just like a rumor that they, that's their number one candidate and then it's like oh by the way he's hired oh yeah we did fire manny by the way it's like an afterthought and i'm like first of all manny diaz if you would like to come on this podcast and we will drink and just like have like a therapy sesh we can do that because <laughs> i feel like that is the and the worst part was when i was tweeting about it people were like oh he'll stay on as like a defensive coordinator i'm like i'm sorry let, that's like basically this this is literally what the scenario is. This is like you have a boyfriend and your boyfriend starts dating someone else, doesn't break up with you, and then it's like, oh by the way, I break up with you, but like let's still be friends and like let's all hang out. No. Like that no. There was no world. I'm sorry, I hate to sell Miami fans. There was no world that Manny Diaz was staying around. Like you don't like has it ever happened in college football where someone takes like a demotion that no, way? Like, no, no. No, no. No. Like just no. Um so, so uncomfortable. The, the conversation surrounding Manny Diaz was interesting because, let's go back, he took the Temple job for about a minute and then left okay, yeah. when he got the – Now, so, so people, people are like, oh. this. Miami fans, by the way, are feisty. Those motherfuckers. I mean, they are like – like so even jokes, they are, they are not up 
for any sort of humor on this. And like, I get it. It's been a rough stretch, but they are like, that was kind of a surprise because I heard a lot of shit over the last couple of days from Miami. (laughs) like real bad. Now I get it. Danny Diaz was Temple and then he left. This profession sucks. I get it. It still doesn't change the fact that Miami screwed this whole thing up. Now, the end result, I think, is quite good. I like Mario Cristobal. By the way, watching him speak Spanish was after Brian Kelly's yeehaw, motherfucker. Like, I mean, that was that was spectacular. We didn't we have to talk about that, too. Right. Like, can we can we take a real quick time out? I can't Brian, I can't make fun of him. I say y'all. I, and it's only because I work in college football. No, I get to a college town and I start, I feel like when I leave. You talk in a southern accent. But still, it's not in front of a goddamn stadium full of people. I right? I would. I my can't make family, fun of him. You can totally. My family. You can, you can literally make fun of him. I legitimately can't because I turn, I, I all of a sudden turn like I'm from the south. I go to Alabama for like a day and I'm like, hey y'all, what are we doing? How you are? By Does the way, he's made some, like no, no. But no. by the way, he's made some great hires. Brian Kelly's going to be fine, but we can shit on his accent because Mario Cristobal people comes are still in. Leaving, there are a lot of people still leaving LSU, so I don't believe that he's I, totally going to be fine. I think, I, be I think he's. I think he's going to be good. But that being said, Mario Cristobal, Spanish. Mario Cristobal, great, great hire. I was like, I, I love it. No, you know what I love? This is the no-brainer hire. That they're paying him a shit ton of money. Oh, okay. Actually, let me give it Mario Crispo another shout out. He leaves Oregon. It's clearly a hard decision. One of the reasons it was hard on Manny Diaz because Crispo didn't know what to do. He goes on local radio and makes an appearance and says, "This is the hardest thing I've ever had to do." He sounds like he's dying inside. Like he sounded genuinely distraught. Talks about his connections. I. I don't know how much that goes, but like I, I listened to his interview and and I thought like he came off genuine. I, I mm-hmm. do think that would be really hard, and I think it's a great hire. And of course, he loves Florida, he loves Miami. Of course, he's going to love this job. So I thought the whole situation, as weird and kind of abrupt as the Brian Kelly thing was, and as weird as prolonged as this thing was, I thought it ended yeah. up quite nicely. So I don't except, mind except it. For Manny um, Diaz. I do, yeah, poor Manny Diaz, because I feel like that was tough. And, I mean, in, in Miami's defense, they didn't really have an AD, but, like, figure it out. Um, but I will say, one of the things that sort of, it not surprised me, but just, like, a sort of a reality check for, like, Pac-12 fans, Oregon fans, is that, like, Oregon is not necessarily the job that it used to be when Chip Kelly left. Because here's the thing. Yes. With NIL and the amount of money that, like, these players are going to be able to make other places. Like, before, going to Oregon was basically you're going to be in contact with Nike people. You're going to be surrounded by Nike stuff. The stadium's nice. The facilities are nice. It's Oregon, right? And it's basically Nike. But now it's like, okay, everyone is building those nicer facilities, Everyone is able to give you money now in terms of NIL, and you're basically, like, in a good position to make money for the future and setting you up because it starts earlier. So Oregon's appeal to me, I'm not saying that, like, oh, this is the end of Oregon and they're not going to be dominant in the Pac-12. I mean, no, you have to go I, I, I agree. Now. 
I don't think it was about Lincoln Riley because I think Mario Cristobal wasn't afraid of him. I think it was more because I it, personally like if they expand the playoff and Mario Cristobal's only loss was to Lincoln Riley in a Pac-12 championship, I think he still gets in. You know what I mean? Like in terms of expansion, but I don't think it was about that. I think it is the fact that like for Miami, like one, it's a dream job, it's a dream place for him to be, and it has all the perks of being in Oregon. Like I don't think there's as much of a draw to be at Oregon anymore because of the way that things have shaked out in terms of money and NIL and, and facilities and everything that's being invested in every other program that like it doesn't, it loses its appeal. So it's going to have to be a little bit different. Like it's going to have to be a little bit more challenging. I think for, for whoever takes that job. Oregon peaked a couple, like five, seven years ago when yes. it felt like you had Phil Knight money, you had Nike. Now it's a wonderful area. I need to get back there. Also great. Great breweries. Yeah, no kidding. Um, but it's also way the hell out there. I mean, you're it's not like recruiting, recruiting in Hawaii, but it ain't that far off when you talk about the players you're trying to compete for. Which Hawaii is, is a thousand times better than being in Eugene, Oregon. No offense. Except except you play for Todd Graham, apparently, by the way. Yikes. <laughs> I would never. Uh, Him and his I, Britney well, Spears mic. Shout yeah, out Todd just, Graham. He's, I'm, he used I'm, to coach my rival, but. <laughs> just say <laughs> Britney oh my Spears mic. Todd Graham, I don't think is long for that job after the what I read this week. Now, I, I agree with you. Like, I think there's something very powerful about a coach returning to the place. Yes. And Mario Cristobal, when you when I think of Mario Cristobal in Miami, I think of like I, I love the Spanish. Like I love I I don't know why that like I like gave me chills. And then just thinking about that guy has been involved in some of the most dominant ass football of our lives, or at least of my life. I was very, you know, I'm old. So I think it's cool. And then as for Oregon, I agree. I That's a great job. He's recruited well. They may have the number one overall pick leaving from there. They've got some awesome players that we saw, Noah Sewell, and guys like that that have done. And Justin Herbert. Ex- yeah, they've had I great, mean, Herbert, I mean, they've, they've had a run. But I'm with you. Like, I think um, Lincoln Riley is going to change that. Now, I want to talk about Notre Dame. Yes. I can't remember – the perception surrounding a school changing as much as it has in the last week. Now, Brian Kelly, like go Irish. (laughs) Like Brian Kelly won big. Brian Kelly was consistent. Like Brian Kelly. uh, I I mean, there's the other stuff with Brian Kelly. I'm not going to get into it. (laughs) It's bad. Um, when he talks, I want to listen. I want to commit to him. There are coaches that when they talk, I'm like, oh, my God. Yes, sir, I will play for you. Like, it comes off as genuine. It Like, this was an odd – I shouldn't say it was an odd hire. Like, Luke Fickle looked like the guy. We talked about in the pod. God, we record the pod, and like 12 hours later, they made the hire. Um, yeah, we knew that was going to happen. We even said it. But <laughs> it comes off so real. Like, again, we talk about Chris Ball in Miami. Marcus Freeman and Notre Dame, and he hasn't coached a game yet, comes off just – it feels like a perfect match, and he has done nothing but say wonderful things. And I just love what I've heard so far. Like, that's part of the gig. The other thing, Paige, I'll say this. College football is evolving, and the way that Notre Dame is treating this and the way Marcus Freeman sounds like he's treating this is he is the number one recruiter, and what he's going to do is recruit. And then he's going to hire really good coaches and they're going to coach. Now he's going to be more involved in that. He's going to obviously play into the emotion, going to tap into the game plan, everything. But the way they build this as is they're going to, they're going to put him out there to get top talent to Notre Dame. And that's his top priority. 
And I kind of love it. I kind of think that's a really smart way to go about in today's football. It's wild how they turned basically one of the main things that people talk about now is like loyalty. And yes. you take a guy like Brian Kelly, who we thought was really, really loyal to Notre Dame. And it was like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. And now they've like spun it and been like, no, these especially with like coordinators not going and things like that. It has been like, no, we are loyal to this school and this is our place. And I think players really resonate with that. The ones that are currently there, I think that's why you're not seeing like a mass exodus like you're seeing it like in Oklahoma or even LSU. Like you are you are seeing the fact that like they handled this so well, the guys that are choosing to stay there. I mean, it's it's absolutely amazing. And it's fun to watch. And I I mean, I'm rooting for them. I'm I'm much more likely to want a Notre Dame team in the playoff, even though they don't play a championship game, which I think is ridiculous. But I I still, like, you're right. Like, things have definitely shifted in in the right direction, I would say, well, in, when it comes to that coaching hire. Here's the reality. There's a lot of great motivators out there. There are, like, a lot of good coaches. And I'm pulling up Brian Kelly's record now. Brian Kelly's won a shit ton of football games. Yeah, he said he's like also the done, last three years he's had 10 win seasons. Three or five 10 years. 10 and 3, 12 and Which 1, 11 and 2. <laughs> there were 4 and 8. Oh, you are or am I? No, I am. I dropped something. We're good. Oh, I didn't see it. Sorry. I'm I'm, I'm using Wikipedia. <laughs> um, Great source. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't source these... Wikipedia in your articles, please, by the way. <laughs> uh, to be clear. They're like, Paige, Google... Adam Kramer, so I did Wikipedia. I'm like, oh, no. So I'm sorry. So you have you have all right. This year, eleven and one, ten and two, eleven and two, twelve and one, and ten and three since 2017. Like, that's pretty good. That's really that's, good. So, but I I love it. And again, college football is about passion. It's about emotion. It's about connection. It's cool to see coaches, and it's cool to see schools try to tap into that. The video of Mark yeah. Freeman being introduced to the players like i i'm sorry i will eat that shit up until the end of time like also he has the most beautiful family i have ever yes. seen gotta be he's gotta be the most handsome he, coach in college football by the way that guy is incredible yeah, i mean cliff kingsbury is not in college football anymore so yes oh wow i was gonna say I, I that was my reigning champ for a while who would be i'm gonna put you on the spot and i'm gonna kill some time so <laughs> Other handsome candidates. Brian Kelly is clearly not in your top five. Are there any other mm, handsome? No. Nick Saban probably has just a perennial spot in your handsome, genuine. <laughs> I was just going to say, I can pull like a Leanne Tui from the blind <laughs> side. I find him extremely handsome. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, got, I think next week we need to come up with our handsome coaches of college football. I'm gonna, I can do I'm like, gonna... we can, can we tap into coordinators too? Because I have a few. Oh, wow. You're going to the coordinator rank. You've given this some thought. Yes. Hey, all do right. you not realize that, like, college football coach is, like, my kryptonite? Like, that is just, yes. like, not okay. even. All right. We're saving Cliff Kingsbury with my gateway drug. <laughs> well, that's fine. And he's not going to Oklahoma because. No. And we're going to do our handsome coaches next week. One, Venables <laughs> is. And again, like, the theme is get the band back together. You got a guy that Passion. loved Oklahoma. And. So, all right, so a little history on Venables when it comes to interviewing. I've been around Clemson a lot. You, we've done a lot of stories on Clemson. We've done a lot of stories on Alabama. More stories 
you and I, in terms of working on it than any other programs. I had always heard about Venables that interviewing, and this was, I've heard this from a couple of people, like the interview process for whatever reason wasn't necessarily great. I had always, always heard also that he was very picky. You know, when he gets paid over $2 million a year to call defenses, which he's probably the best at in college football, in he my is, opinion. Yes. Um, I've interviewed with him. It was funny when, when I've sat down with him a couple of times, he was always supremely presentable. And, and, and this is an important com- conversation because like when you watch him coach, he needs to get that guy. It's like somebody's bear hugging him because he looks yeah. like a maniac. And that is, I was wondering how that would impact him. Was it, was he waiting for the right job or was like the white right job waiting for him? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like truly, yeah. this, Absolutely. this is a perfect situation. And I think for Oklahoma, I don't know how well it's going to go. It is a football clash. It's kind of like a culture clash. Like this is not Lincoln Riley like that. I, I don't know how plainly we can, we can say it, but I think it has a chance to really work if he gets the right, like the right system in place. Right. That's, that's everything for yeah. these guys. So I will say that like, he is intense. Like, I mean, Davo has told so many stories about how like they'll be in meetings or whatever. And like, he doesn't even look up from like what he's doing because he's so intense and so focused on his job and the task at hand and watching his arrival and like him do the like boomer and like get excited like that. It was, it was amazing. But I, and when you say culture clash, I sort of, it sort of reminds me of when like Lane Kiffin showed up at Ole Miss because Lane is like very like, I don't even know what the word is. He's more, like, direct, and the people they've had before are a little bit more evasive in terms of, like, discussing things and being open sure. about things in discussions, um, probably for good reason. Um, but but I think when, like, he arrived, I remember, like, they, like, he came off the plane and someone was like, you got to get yourself a burner phone and, like, was, like, handing him a kid and, like, doing all that. And it felt like a little bit of a culture clash. I think, like, Oklahoma has been so used to, like, he reminds me a little bit more of Stoops than Lincoln. Like, I would say that, like, Lincoln yes. Riley was a little bit more, like, new age and a little bit more buttoned up. And, like, he had jokes here and there. But I think, like, Bob Stoops was a little bit more, like, jokey that way and fun and playful. And I think Venables, now that he has his own space, I think can be that. Like, I think he is. Yes. I do Like, I this is very strange. I do think he has, like head coach vibes of Dabo. Like, I really do think he's been behind him for so long and waiting for his moment. I think this is his moment, and I think that fan base will very much connect with that because they're so passionate and care so much about the program and think that program is the best job in the entire world, and especially after all of this rumor stuff. I I think it's a good fit. I am concerned in terms of, like, the type of recruiting they've had. I think the type of recruits that they will get are going to be different. I don't yes. think that, like, a Brett Venables is going to be somebody that, like, recruits a Spencer Rattler. Like, that's just not going to happen. So I think no. that sort of thing shifts a little bit. But it also depends on who he brings around him and who they – how their, you know, recruiting style is and things like that. I think it, it could be good if I, I – it's just kind of like a, eh, okay, we'll see, hire to me. I, I do I, think I, he I, does a better fair. job probably than Brian Kelly if I had to guess in terms of, like, first Ooh. year. I think his first year is going to be a little bit more solid than Brian Kelly's first year. You know what's funny? Um, Dave Aranda, when he was hired at uh, at Baylor, mm-hmm. I didn't love that hire. 
he turned them into a top 20 defense in, I can't even call it two years, call it one and a half years because last year was so broken. Watching him, by the way, not celebrate at all because he's so zen. <laughs> I was just going to ask. Um, yes. Like, the it's strangest the strangest post-game press conference. Oh, he's a weird dude. Like, he's – and I mean that in the best possible way. Like, I love different. I love weird. But I don't think this is that guy, by the way. By the way, did you just power that wind down? Like, all right. Well, guess what? Yeah, chug, chug. We're chugging. You got it. Round two. Um, no, but I, I like how I, today too. Before we started this, we were like, "Guys, there's really not that much to talk about. We won't go on that long." It's <laughs> gonna be five. We just hours love talking about this stuff. Talk. No, I yeah. want. I want him. I. It's a, I think you're right. I think we have to see how the recruiting goes. Um, I think the the style of football, like Baylor and Oklahoma, a couple of years ago, was like this seventy-seven point total, and in two years, if if like these guys stay it's going to be like 44 points and it's going to be gross and wonderful at the same time and okay that's cool that you can reshape your identity that quick to your point yes ohio state just hired oklahoma state's defensive coordinator and like if you were to tell me that a big a big 10 school was hiring a big 12 defensive coordinator to fix their defensive problem probably three years ago i would have laughed in your face i would have laughed in your face that's a huge hire, by huge the way. Huge hire. Should have won the Bros Award. I'm just saying. Shout out Michigan and Gaddis. I, They're I also think losing a lot. I will say, yes. too, one of the things I just wanted to mention is that, like, literally everyone is in the portal. I know CJ is going to be around, but, like, they've lost two of their, their like, backup quarterbacks. Everybody that was, like, in the conversation. Well, I guess Ewers was not but because he was an early enrollee. But, like... It's just a very strange transfer portal right now. Like, if it was my job to be looking in the transfer portal, and also the number one person that needs to be looking in the transfer portal, his name is Kirby Smart. And I know he's already done that and trying to find a quarterback. But, buddy, if you could just get it right. Ask somebody else's opinion on quarterbacks. Because we know we know that his judgment on quarterbacks is not great. That would be my number one thing for Kirby to take it to the next level, would be to consult with somebody else on the quarterback position because he clearly doesn't have it figured out. By that the was way, a random rant. Uh, by the way. No, no, no. I got a good I got a update because I know he's gonna listen to this. Jason, neighbor Jason, big Nebraska fan. Mark Whipple. <laughs> Mark Whipple, who I've interviewed, by the way, um, left Pitt, where he coached one Mr. Pickett almost to a Heisman. Mm-hmm. Um now going to Nebraska, which yes. is a big hire. And maybe little Miles Brennan, maybe Spencer Rattler to Nebraska. You wanna get weird? I mean, where are so- we going? The rumor for Spencer was that he was going to go to um, ASU to, like, come back home. But, obviously, ASU's quarterback is staying. I don't know where yeah, Spencer goes. I, I'm just saying, I I bring up Jason most episodes because he's my Nebraska thermometer. Yes, I kind of love the Whipple. I kind of love the Whipple hire. I kind of think they're going to land a big quarterback. I, I'm telling you. There's I'm so ready. many. There's so many. In Miles the Brent, portal. I mean, like, I, I I think this is how it goes, though. He just co- – like, if you're Nebraska and Scott Frost, Whipple, which is funny because I remember sitting in his office talking about his tight end like five to six years ago with his knee up and he looked like he couldn't barely walk a football field, has kind of reinvented his career. as like, hey, I just coached this – maybe the top quarterback taken in the draft. Um, who knows? We'll see. And 
now Nebraska is very, very appealing, I think, personally. So the transfer portal is going to get wild. And I think but it's going to get aggressive. It's going to be good. It's going to be bad. I'm just curious to see what happens um, overall when this thing settles out. I was looking to see if Dylan Gabriel was at UCF when Scott that's, Frost way, was. That's who Jason wants, by the way. That is Okay, I was looking to see. I was literally just looking to see because when you Hold said on. that, I was like, wait a minute. I'm going to pull the text. Wow, there's been a lot of text. Dylan now Gabriel. just get Dylan Gabriel and we're good. Was so 10, was, he was there. He was there, yes, because the 2019 year was the year that they declared national championship, right? I actually don't think Dylan Gabriel and Mark Whipple are the best fit. I think Brennan would be a much – I think that's a much better fit personally. But I think if they can get any of them, it's going to be a lot better than it's been. I don't even know if he was there, though. He's a junior. The years all blend together at this point. Um yes. But yes, he's also in the transfer portal. I mean, there's literally so many quarterbacks in the transfer portal right now. But like I said, I, if you're I, Kirby Smart, consult somebody else. A little, a little um, tip too, by the way, as we get into bowl season, we get into the off season. Keep your head on a swivel. Bowl lines. Um, yes. I know the pit, the pit line moved pit, a lot today. Yes, people um, think Kenny Pickett's not going to play. Kenny Pickett, and he shouldn't play. By the way, if you want to opt out, go opt out. Coach are leaving like crazy. Get yo money. Now, um, but keep your head on a swivel because the off season is going to be nuts. The bowl season is going to be nuts. You're not going to know who's playing for a while. If you have underclassmen, awesome. But if yes. Kenny Pickett doesn't play, he is going to change that line spectacularly. The fact that that line moved the way it did, people usually know, right? When this stuff comes out, people it know usually – people know – and the line doesn't move for like just randomly. So we'll see what happens, but keep um, just stay up with it. It's hard because there's so much movement. It's really hard. Now, there's so much news and there's so many people in the transfer portal. In the whoa. Hold on. The good. transfer that... portal. But I Don't will go, say uh, we do actually have. Yeah. <laughs> when did you say Libertyville until Liberty? <laughs> Shout out Libertyville nearby. Um, but we do have things this weekend. So the Heisman and Army Navy are this weekend. Heisman, I think, is pretty settled. I know there's been a very big discussion about whether or not this is a quarterback award or not. It is. We talked yeah. last year, wide receiver. We get it. It's an offensive award, really. If you break down. Will Anderson's had, had, had a crazy year. And it pains me that he's not at this a little bit. Right? Yeah. Like. He, I mean, he's close to the tackle for loss record in all of college football. It reminds me of Indominus Sue. I want, I, and Hutchinson has had an insane year too. So I think Bryce Young should win because the performance against Jordan, and he's going to win by a lot. Yeah. Um, maybe by a record amount, quite honestly. But like we had two all-time defensive seasons and only one of them is represented like in new york and that sucks it does it sucks it it's unfortunate but like i think it's just the nature of the award and we've accepted it like it's it's a bummer it's gonna change eventually i mean there are enough but of I, us in college football that love watching those defensive players play also um i talked to Kristen sabin Sedis, shout out Kristen on the pod um, and she was like, 
Number 99 for Georgia is the biggest man I've ever seen. And that is, that is, just goes to tell you how big Jordan Davis is because Kristen's dad is literally the head coach of Alabama where we've seen behemoth of humans. And she was like, he was huge. His neck is truly, I need to know his A tree trunk. I mean, he is awesome. The circumference. If they make it to the national championship, I'm going to make you ask him what the circumference of his neck is. I'm in. I can't wait. By the way, you can make a case for him. I know they lost. You can make a case for Jordan Davis, by the way, for for Heisman. I mean, that's why this award sucks. But Bryce Young, I can't can't bitch about Bryce Young winning. First off, I like Bryce Young, and I like his family. So I'm not going to do that. And (laughs) – he went against an all-time defense and just destroyed it in the most spectacular way imaginable. This award is not just about stats. It's about moments. That's the biggest moment we had in college football. That's why they call it the Heisman moment. Yes. And and the dude, uh, and he's been great otherwise. And he's also been great, by the way, without Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddell and Jerry Judy and all the other, I mean, I'm not taking it. Shots fired at Mac Jones. No, I'm just kidding. Well, who by the way is fine. Yes. I'm just saying the guy has been without a great offensive line too. Bryce Young, we get another year of Bryce Young. Oh, it's incredible. I have Army Navy thoughts though. Before we get to the Heisman, I love this Saturday. Can I can I break down my Saturday what it looks like? So we, yes. you are, you and I are in the trenches pretty much every Saturday of the year, every single Saturday of the college football, right? So we watch this. So people that don't realize. Your day starts around 8 with game day. You're kind of on, kind of off. With you, it's at 6 a.m., which is terrible. <laughs> you should move to the central or eastern time zone, I'm just saying. <laughs> and so it's a long fucking day. It goes yeah. till 2 in the morning. It's long. And you do it, it for is. three and a half months, and I absolutely love it. The first Saturday that we don't have to quote-unquote work, work, work-ish, is a really weird feeling. I, I told you, like we and I've said it the last couple of weeks. It actually is kind of a lonely like feeling. You you start you do this, it becomes your routine, and then we don't have it. And it's kind of weird, but it's also nice. Army Navy, I go to my parent, I'm going to my dad's. We drive up to Wisconsin. There's supposed to be 12 inches of snow, by the way, in the next couple of days, which is gonna be fun. So I'm so happy. Now while we're driving. Oh yeah, they're gonna go nuts. So what we do is we drink about seven hundred bottles of wine we put on army navy which is supposed to be played in rain we watch we bet and then we watch the heisman and it is i army navy to me is i need to go to that game first and foremost i you you've never been i'm assuming next we year. never talked about it next let's year go. We're going. i'm like, so serious I, let's, That's, I'm let's not go even... i i am in it's awe. gonna be we cold as hell, but let's go well this well, this year it's like it's in uh, uh, New York or New Jersey. It's at the Jets got awful stadium because they play got awful football there. I can't and imagine being a fan of that six... team. Well, which one? My team? <laughs> yes, Jets. you are correct. <laughs> Army, Navy. No, the Jets. Yes, it's sad. Or the Jets. <laughs> I guess they're both bad. Uh, but this is a game that I am always in awe of the spectacle. Like, I just, I just love it. watching it. No, I do. So I'm. I'm excited for it. The total in this game, though, Paige, this is what I really wanted to talk about. I, <laughs> I have right a question, now. though. I do have a question, though. Are you go yes. Army beat Navy or go Navy beat Army? This year? 
go navy. Just in I general, not not no betting, no betting things, no betting things. Just in general. Oh, I can't do that. I change it year to year. That's where the money talks. All right, I'm go I, army I mean, be navy. Go army, go army, army beat navy. Flows a little bit better. Like it just. It, that's more of just like a family ties. I have more people in the army than I do in the navy. So. It just sounds I'm go better. Army this, navy. this year, I am go navy, plus seven. Um, <laughs> the, but the total How American this, of you. Yeah, the... <laughs> yeah. This this total is thirty four and a half. Thirty four and a half. Like Wait, Iowa then... plays, and of course. Like that is the over under is thirty four and a half. Now I know you have well, an affinity. You know, yes, I know. This is the, that's why. <laughs> so thirty four and a half. Both these teams obviously run the ball a great deal. They are going to be sitting Army on the scored football. How many time. points against Wake Forest? Or Wake Forest scored like sixty points on Army, right? All right, hold on. I'm pulling up Army the weather football. report too. I need to make sure that this is actually the game. I believe is in the Meadowlands. So let's just do a quick weather I... search. We, I like Loki would might take the over. I don't know if that's a good call. I don't know if it's a bad call. It's not that many points. You basically need to, like ten points a quarter, which seems realistic. Hold on, I'm looking up. Army scored fifty six points on Wake Forest. Fifty six. Yeah, they scored sixty three on Bucknell. That's thank you for bringing that up, actually, because we have something we're going to talk about in a, like a minute that that is that is relevant to. So Saturday, the forecast. Holy shit, sixty seven degrees, in New York. We're all going to die. Um, chance of rain eighty <laughs> percent. There's like a cold um, front in California right now. So showers early, becoming steady rain later in the day. All right, they they already don't throw the football. Yeah, they're gonna run, so it's not a hog pile of a game, and I can't wait. How many you said it's what 30 what? 34 and a half. I'll take the over. I like Navy in this game, by the way. I'm just saying. I I like Navy and I think the betting the over in this game is for for sickos. That's what I'm just gonna say. It's actually funny that you said that I have an affinity for the over because I do. But I just posted a TikTok like, literally while you were late. I was like, I'll just record a TikTok. And it's literally about me picking the over all the time. Just, <laughs> so this this is a gut check over. I mean <laughs> it really it really is. Um oh my God. I, I but I'm excited. So I'm gonna bet Navy though. I like seven points though. That's a lot. Uh, I, I'm just saying. Forest? Oh no! Well, all right. Let's transition to that. So we have some categories. We do. We're, we have some awards. We're going to do more awards. Yes. But you you put three out there. These were all yours. The yes. worst gambling loss of the year. Um, I actually have two army games that I want to nominate <laughs> for my worst gambling loss of the year. But you go first. So my worst gambling loss of the year because this is really I should have checked my heater when I knew it. I had won like three times on the TCU over. Three times, three weeks in a row, TCU overs. I was like, money. And then I picked them versus Kansas State, and they scored five points in the first half and ended up with 12 points total. And I think it was like, what was the the actual spread? was like 58 and a half, and it was like 30-something total. And that was like the worst loss that I had. That, and I think I bet Clemson... Something terrible on them. But that TCU, that one burned me because three weeks in a row, you maybe should have gone, hey, that's three weeks in a row. Maybe take a check, check yourself. 
and okay. I didn't. And I, like you said, I have the affinity for overs. So I, we rode that wave though. And I, I like, part, uh, I jumped on that for a little bit and it was good. <laughs> um, I'm going to talk about army. You brought up a good one. So the most painful loss I had of the year was Ar- actually the, the most angry I was army versus air force. This was in November. Army was down. Um, excuse me, I had Air Force. So I had Air Force. They, they were down the whole game. They came back. Army fumbled it in overtime, recovered it in the end zone, and I lost. I also bet Army plus three against Wake Forest, and they scored 56 points and lost by two touchdowns. And that was terrible. Wake Forest scored 71 points. In also, back-to-back can- weeks. Oh my Something God. that we did not, we have not discussed enough on this podcast is how far Liberty fell from yeah, the races. They've been, they've been the, bad. With, I just saw it because they lost Army, but I was like, they've been like bad. Like Hugh Freeze was on the brink last year. He played well. Like they did well. He was on the brink of like being in the conversation of like head coaching jobs ish. And now, like, sir. They looked bad, no, they, and they have an excellent they quarterback. Bad. And he got four million a year because everybody's getting paid. All right, best take of the year. I think I know yours. Go ahead. Never bet against Alabama. Roll Tide, baby. It actually, okay. you know that there's a video of Nick Saban on his boat, and he's like, "Roll Tide, baby." Like I really just like inject that into my veins, um, because that's how I feel about things. I was. I don't think you actually got to experience the like roller coaster of emotions during the, the Alabama Georgia game. I, I did through your was, your messages of all caps or sad, and then all caps, and I was caps. like, I don't like this vibe. <laughs> Halfway I, through, I'm like, oh, I don't know. Um, excellent, I, but roll tide, baby. I I told you, don't bet against Nick Saban. Um, Alabama's still dominant. I was right. I wasn't just being Homer. For all of those who decided to DM me about being a homer. It's it's going to sound weird, but I think Georgia is still my best take. I've been on Georgia since like May. And I, and it's not dead. I mean, it, it's taken a hit. But Georgia still can win it all. And like, I still like this team. I'm not going to be stubborn. Like I told you, I think I kind of like Michigan. So I'm, I'm going to reevaluate. But I like Georgia a lot. And they've been dominant. And they lost a game. And so I'm not giving up now i will tell you worst take i can i've got a couple and since i've been talking <laughs> worst I've take. Got a few more uh i liked both texas and i liked usc to be better this year i thought dj uyagalele would be good at clemson those are three really bad takes i mean re- i thought sarka texas my worst take i think would be i thought sarka texas would be good and they sucked. That would yeah. be my worst. But I've got a few. I've got a few that are. I really, have some really pretty bad. bad takes too. I would say that my Spencer Rattler Oklahoma take was pretty bad. Now that you mentioned DJ, we're talking about quarterbacks that we were super high on and expected big things out of. Now, do I think he goes somewhere else and we figure it out? I also tweeted this when he tweeted that he was transferring. I think now is the time to let go of QB1 and let's look at how he handled the situation that was in front of him in Oklahoma. And I thought he handled it pretty respectfully. We know his mom was battling cancer this past year. And like, it's terrible. There's a lot of factors that you 
you look at and go, wow, this is a matured individual. So let's hope wherever he lands next, I think he's going to be successful. Um, hopefully it's not in the Pac-12 conference. Um, just fingers crossed. Um, but <laughs> how funny would it be if he was like, yeah, I'm going to go to USC and be with Lincoln Riley. That would not happen. Except, but except it's it, like there's one team that you would be fine with him going to in the uh, Pac-12 conference. Well, the University of Arizona, but he would never. Yes. He's an ASU guy. He's an ASU Good guy. Luck. I don't know if he – I mean, if he came to, to U of A, I would shout from the rooftops. You wouldn't be able to tell me anything. Um, but my other bad take is that I did criticize the the playoff committee for putting um, Michigan above Michigan State despite the head-to-head. Why did that my criticism, stop? My, criti- my criticism there more was that they, were do- they weren't using That's the same head-to-head deal with Oregon no, 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 Ohio no. State. No. That's not a bad take. I'm sorry. Like I, I'm a Thank Jim you. Harbaugh <laughs> apologist. Yeah, and I like. I thought Michigan was better than Michigan State, and they are clearly. Yeah, but I they said lost. they should have been ranked above Alabama before they lost. It was. It was two goddamn weeks. They could not. <laughs> ch- like you can't do that, right? Like you can't yeah. do that in the playoffs. So, I'll, by the way, you mentioned it. Bring me the goddamn computers. I don't care if the rankings are the same. I'm tired of human beings deciding this. Gary Barty, get your ass out of here. Go like hire an offensive coordinator. That's what I'm. I wish say. they would let. I wish they would let like their fun analyst handle the college football playoff. I love Reese Davis, so keep Reese Davis on it. But I wish ESPN would put like Alyssa Lang and like Agreed. other people who do other things like do that as opposed to like the color commentators. Um during the week because I, I i think i would appreciate their commentary like uh, give me a michael jr and Alyssa lang every day of the week commenting on what's happening and the things that gary barga says also keep grease davis there but get rid of everybody else i can't believe by the way in all this you didn't bring up iowa and i'm really proud of you <laughs> for not bringing up iowa i wasn't going to mention it i mean was it that bad that like it's not even worth taunting i almost bet iowa to cover well. and embarrassingly I picked so I told you I took Alabama money line early on Saturday I was like we're doing it and I had texted my brother and I was like hey what do you think about adding Iowa into a parlay and he's like Paige it's Iowa and I was like good point thank you thank you for talking me off the ledge all right well that, that, just I mean, discuss it briefly how did it go you for you ha- well um let's see I was down here <laughs> I was done writing watching the screens right behind you um, it was on the screen on the right. It was not even, it was on the main screen for a while. And then we moved it over to the right because it was so bad. And then at and some the pit, point wait, I was so pick weight game was better. Oh, and that was on uh screen three on the left. Uh, UFC was on betting on that losing. Okay. But at some point the Iowa game was so bad. It actually fell out of the rotation. The Jim Harbaugh shoved it up. Iowa. Did you turn on like Paw Patrol? On one of the other TVs. Um, I, you know, I, I didn't even care. I, I was so numb at that point. I was just done. Um, that was bad. That was really bad. I, I it, like it, was, it wasn't. I felt like Michigan should have won by like a thousand points, and it was like still close at halftime. And I was like, "What is going on? This is such a bad." They basically won by nine hundred points uh, at the end of it, but that's all right. We respond. Iowa, Kentucky is one of the worst bowl games imaginable. We will talk bowl games, by the way. We should probably wrap this yes. up. This has been a long – this is like our longest pod, and there's nothing going on other than <laughs> us drinking, which is probably yeah. 
Let us know how you guys feel about us drinking. Yes. To be All fair. Right. So we so we've got um we're gonna do hopefully early next week, a little earlier in the yes, week. Yes, early pod. We're gonna aim for Wednesday of next week. I have some very strong bowl season thoughts early on. So I've started do scouting. I. I'm so excited. I, we've got bowl season, we got playoffs, we got I, hopefully Oregon has a coach, maybe. We got lots of <laughs> So we can talk about coaching for hours. Yes, and we've got our handsome coaches, um, which I have to dive into and figure out handsome coaches um, other than Nick Saban, who I'm sure is permanent real estate on yours. So any parting <laughs> shots before we head Which out? Which is weird because he's my one of my best friend's dads. So it's mostly actually if I had Make to it pick. Awkward. Like, it, it's a little weird. I mean, I love Miss Terry, and so I respect Miss Terry all the way. That's my idol. If I could be anyone in life, it'd be Miss Terry. Um, it's amazing. So, it's amazing setup. Yeah, it really is. No parting thoughts. Just we're gonna break this. We're gonna break bowls down into a couple parts. So we'll we'll make these a little bit more digestible for you guys. Um, and we'll probably because it's the holiday season, be drinking on most of these, which is exciting. So if any of the the people that we have drank with on this pod want to sponsor the pod, it's totally okay yes. if you want to. Yeah, I've got a couple of holiday. This is the first I mentioned celebration. I've got a couple more holiday brews that will make an appearance. I also have. Next week, I think I have to do my favorite holiday alcohol. Now, you know what? Maybe that's two weeks. We'll see. But either way, we've got we're we've got two beers, weeks away we've from Christmas. Wine. Yeah, we have to record that week. It's going to be spectacular. Santa hats and all that shit. Oh yes. Oh, I will wonderful. wear my I will wear my Christmas sweater. I'm going to the snow next weekend. It's literally I'm going to Park City, Utah, and it's legitimately the lowest seven degrees. <laughs> Can you imagine me in seven degrees? Just like take a moment. No, no. Get ready for the national championship. I'm just saying. Um, I I thought about that the other day. I was like, it's going to be freezing. Um, I can't wait though. It'll be fun. No, it's going to be fun. All right. So for Paige, I'm Adam. Hey, we appreciate you guys. Season long. This is our first crack at this. We finished our first regular-ish season. Cheers and we you, started this podcast like five days before the regular season started. So as far as I'm concerned, it's barely started. I think we did well. We did. All right. Everybody, we will talk to you next week. Cheers, guys. Mm-hmm.